The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, today we're talking to a company which has recently been through a name change and a rebranding. Houston, we have, has changed its name to Echo IQ. Now, Echo IQ is essentially a health tech and AI company. It's listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, the ticket code EIQ, market cap right now at the time of recording, just over 57 million. Now, I'm joined by COO Philip Wolf. Philip, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Now, Philip, talk to us a little bit about yourself and how you've become COO of uh, Echo IQ, because you've not always been in health. You've also worked in consumer goods, technology, and other enterprise solutions as well. Yes, well, that's right. So I'd actually really started my career in the consumer goods space. I started life working in the drinks business. And it's uh, interesting, I guess, to go uh, full circle um, from an industry that is, um, I I don't know, I guess considered slightly sinful um, in some quarters to something where we are definitely having a positive impact on health outcomes and um, arguably contributing to um, the saving of lives, which is massively exciting for me. But I guess as technology became a bigger part of everybody's lives, my own career took on an increasingly technological focus and complexion. And I guess like many people, I found myself at the beginning of the pandemic um, last year, returning to Australia, not originally Australian, but um, definitely my home, um, returning to Australia. And I joined a company called Houston We Have, who were doing very interesting things in the strategic decision-making software world. And that has now um, become Echo IQ, and we're kind of entering the next stage of our development. Echo IQ, um, Houston, we have very different names. Talk to us about why the name change. Um, Houston, we have is quite an interesting name for a company to start off with. (laughs) But talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. So Houston, we have really was a business that was focused on using fairly distinctive technology, a piece of software called Intel Fuse to support companies and organizations with strategic decision making, a kind of focus area that we called augmented intelligence. The business had actually been looking to get into the health space quite specifically for a couple of years. Two years ago, a um, purchase was made of a business called Prometheus, and that is a business that is providing um, software reporting and analytics to the health fund sector specifically. The company still enjoys 17 of Australia's 34 health funds amongst its client base. But last year, we identified an opportunity to purchase a business really much more firmly in the medtech space. And that was a company called Echo 
IQ. And so that really is behind our name change, and it represents the strategic focus that we are placing on that area of the business. Um, it was an acquisition that was completed about six months ago, and we have really just completed our name change. So I think you mentioned earlier that our new ticker symbol on the ASX is EIQ. That came into effect about a week or so ago, um, and we move forward as Echo IQ. All right. So talk to us about Echo IQ. Obviously, you said your strategic focus now is medtech, health analytics, as well, of course, as as defense. So Echo IQ will be what by the middle of next year? Well, Echo IQ is a business that is singularly focused on reinventing cardiac diagnostics using the power of artificial intelligence. And um, the reason we have the word echo in the title is it refers to echocardiograms and echocardiograms remain the most widely used initial or primary diagnostic tool for various forms of structural heart disease. Many people know, many do not know that cardiovascular disease more broadly is still the leading killer of people worldwide. Sadly, three in 10 deaths worldwide are attributable to cardiovascular disease. Structural heart disease is a very big part of that. And echocardiograms are used initially to help diagnose what's going on. And echocardiogram is really an ultrasound of the heart. You may have had one yourself and you may have seen um, images of somebody having a, a, a probe or a scanner held over their heart and it and it really produces on screen an image of the heart using sound waves. Um, and that is really the start of the diagnosis journey for many people. So that is really what Echo in our name refers to. Okay. So you've got a couple of different business areas um, within Echo IQ. Talk to us about these business areas and your business stream and your AI stream. So um, that's right. So um, the Echo IQ business really is is all about um, deploying a proprietary algorithm where it can be used to improve and support better diagnosis of structural heart disease. Um, in the first instance, um, we are working on a um, condition or a disease known as aortic stenosis. It's the most common form of heart disease. Um, and that really refers to a stiffening of the aortic valve. The interesting thing about this one is it is um, subject to high rates of miss or under diagnosis, but it is highly treatable. And increasingly, it is treatable with um, surgical intervention that looks nothing like the open heart surgery um, um, that, that might be required of other conditions or that we think of when we think about heart surgery. So that is one clear area of our business. Another area of our business is our Prometheus business intelligence solutions for health funds. And that is really where we work with a number of health funds to help them better understand member behavior, provider behavior, and to support them with their business operations. So certain reporting and compliance um, requirements. And the third area of our business is um, relates to the software that we own called IntelFuse. And you mentioned earlier the defense sector. IntelFuse is a piece of software that was originally developed for defense intelligence. Um, and uh, the Department of Defense remains our single largest customer here in Australia. 
And um, this is a piece of software that is used to um, perform assessments or analysis on quite complex situations um, to serve up an assessment that is used really as a basis for action moving forward. So it is a decision support tool. Um, and, and there are really two ways that we're using that as a business. Number one, to support defense and intelligence, which it was originally designed for. Um, but we're also applying it within our own Echo IQ business. Um, when we talk about looking at echocardiographic measurement data and performing an assessment of risk, it is at its heart an assessment. And we think there is an opportunity to use our own software, Intel Fuse, um, to drive better outcomes, greater accuracy, and to drive a better solution in that space. So out of those three areas or arms that you've just described there, Philip, which is going to be your highest revenue generator in 2022? In 2022, Echo IQ is expected to be the biggest component in that cardiac diagnostic space. So today, we derive little to no revenue from that particular stream, but we are rapidly moving towards commercialization of that um, business line. So 2022 is the year where we expect to see our maiden revenues in that sector. Okay. Now, you, you, you've you teamed up um, with the National Echo Database of Australia, and you're, you're in some trials at the moment for the ESP technology. How are those trials going? And what are some of your key findings so far? Look, that's right. The National Echo Database of Australia is actually unique. We believe it to be the world's largest database of its kind anywhere. And it is a collection of echocardiographic measurement data linked to mortality. And the reason that's important is, ultimately, the reason we do all this is to really prevent death. Um, it, 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 is, it is no more complicated than that. Um, it is about preventing death. And um, this database is, is large. Um, it comprises the records of more than a million individuals, um, close to 2 million patient records, more than 200 million data points. Um, and it is a database that is collecting um, information from close to 40 reporting sites across the country at the moment and a number that is growing. Um, it, is, uh, it, is, it is extremely um, important for us. Um, it is a point of difference and it allows us to develop the algorithms that we are incorporating into our solutions, the first of which you say this um, enhanced screening program and the first disease state that we're addressing is aortic stenosis. Mm, it's, it's, it's incredibly interesting what you're doing, because as you say, it's much more common. Heart disease is much more common than I think probably even people think. And that well, that's right. Um, if I can just if I can just add, I mean, one of the leading sort of heart institutes in the country, the Baker Institute in Melbourne, released a white paper only about three or four months ago, suggesting that fifty percent of Australians who had heart valve disease were simply unaware of it. We increasingly hear stories of significant rates of 
underdiagnosis and misdiagnosis. And there are lots of people who are presenting with breathlessness, for example, um, who will go to their GPs. And um, the GP may, understandably in many instances, feel that, look, as we get older, you know, we don't feel as fit as we once did. But we are increasingly understanding that um, a number of these diseases can be detected early and that early intervention is actually quite useful in terms of giving people many more years of productive life ahead of them. The whole health economics around this thing have changed dramatically. Um, Years ago, um, it would be that in order to really fix up um, a serious problem with somebody's heart would require cracking open the chest, a highly risky approach, incredibly costly. It was something that would be embarked upon often when people were at the end of their lives with not that many years ahead of them. And we know with the aging population, people are living longer. And with earlier detection of these conditions and better treatment options that are not only more affordable, um, but present lower risk to the patient, um, the whole um, really the whole the whole health economics and the dynamics around treating that condition have been turned around dramatically to the point where it absolutely makes sense to identify this earlier, to treat it, and people will go on to have 20, 30 years of more productive lives ahead of them. That is a big feel-good factor on top of everything else, all of the medical benefits as well. But Philip, what is the size of the commercial opportunities in this space? Look, that is an exercise that we are going through at the moment. Um, We know that um, there are 30 million echocardiograms performed annually each year. Um, The leading producer of heart replacement aortic valves in the world um, estimates that they are probably capturing no more than 20% of the addressable market. We see an enormous opportunity to increase and support better earlier detection and diagnosis of um, aortic stenosis and other forms of structural heart disease. So I'd say it's hard to put a number on it at the moment, um, but we do see opportunities for our business really across that whole workflow. So we know that there are um, various stages and points at which miss and underdiagnosis are taking place. Um, it could be, you know, some people are simply not being referred for an ultras- for an ultrasound, uh, an echocardiogram. Um, sometimes that echocardiogram is um, not leading to accurately captured or taken measurements. Sometimes those measurements are not being correctly interpreted or analysed. And we believe that our technology has a role to play in each of those stages to close that gap. And one of the mantras that we really are following as a business is trying to leave no patient behind. And so that means deploying our solution at every stage where it can do good. Um, you know, you, you, you know, you talked about that sort of feel good factor and people often use the phrase AI for good. Um, and really at the start of the conversation, you know, um, you talked about my own personal move into this health space. And on a purely personal level, you know, the ability and the opportunity to be involved with something that has this kind of impact is 
incredible. Um, it is a really great feeling to say that we are involved with something that has the potential to save lives here. And I know it sounds flippant and possibly throwaway, but that is really what we are about as a business. And it is what really drives all of us every day. Now, there are different set of regulatory approvals, obviously, that need to be met right, right around the world in the different countries around the world. What is your strategy for dealing with that? Great question. And a really complex subject. So um, I think the first part of our strategy is to work with experts. So um, we have appointed a leading US regulatory consultancy. um, And we are currently recruiting a head of regulatory affairs for us, um, because we know that this is a highly technical subject and we need real experts giving us great advice. But our first um, bit of advice that we have received from our consultants is that there are immediate opportunities for us to deploy our technology that are subject to little to no regulatory hurdle. Um, applying our technology in a retrospective analytical fashion. And by that, what I mean is looking back over historical data, running our algorithm over it and performing an assessment. There's no real sort of um, intervention in that in the clinical workflow. So um, a patient is not having anything done to them that is any different as a result of that at the moment that that echocardiogram is being produced or captured because it's already happened. So um, the advice we've received is that that is not subject to um, FDA um, scrutiny, and FDA is really the main regulatory body in the US. And the reason that's got our first sort of area of attention is we really see the, the biggest commercial opportunity um, for Echo IQ as a business in the US. Um, and so it is the area that has our first um, kind of primary attention in terms of the, the reg, stra- reg strat. Um, there are other areas as well. So some markets have a completely um, different approach with lower, lower burdens. Others have higher. Um, but FDA and CE, which would affect other, other parts of the world, including Western Europe, um, are certainly areas that have our attention. Um, longer term, though, you are right. There are um, potential um, avenues and channels of deployment for us. For example, really embedding our technical capability into um, echocardiogram hardware, and those are the machines that are used to capture the images of the heart. Um, that is something that we do believe will be subject to FDA approval, um, possibly a two to three year horizon. Um, and we've started the foundation work in working towards that. So both both situations or states will will happen in parallel, if that makes sense. It's going to be a big 2022 for Echo IQ by the sounds of it, Philip. Big 2022, definitely, and 23. Um, 2022 is really going to see the commercialization of this venture. Um, We have just recruited a new um, chief commercial officer. Um, We will be sharing information to the market about um, who that individual is. That is someone with good med tech experience. Um, And and it is. We're going to hit the ground running next year. Um, We have rebranded. So um, you'll sort of start to see our new look and feel on our website and various other forms of communication, um, updated presentation materials for commercial partners and an investor audience as well. So um, definitely a lot happening in the year ahead. That's right. 
Um, all right. Well, Philip, that is all we have time for, unfortunately, today on this podcast. But it's been wonderful to talk to you. We'll be watching your your moves very, very closely over the next 12 months. Thank you. And thanks for your interest in Echo IQ. And thanks for listening to everyone who's with us today. Um, I'm Oriel Morrison with the Stock Insiders podcast. We'll see you next time. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.